This is One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 54 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozinski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I have a repeat guest of sorts, um, Susan Levin, who is a parent. She is a parent of, I think, two sons, uh, one of whom is Ben Levin, who we interviewed on this show along with uh, Susan just a few weeks ago um, about his writing and his experience as a young adult um, you know, who has autism, who's on the autism spectrum. And Susan, um, after we had that conversation, we spoke again about some things that you'd like to um, share from a parent perspective um, as Ben's mom. So here's an opportunity to hear directly from you some of the experiences that you've had. And I think you're, what you said to me, which I thought was great, was that you thought that you may have some things to share that would be helpful to other parents who may have a, a child who's recently diagnosed. Um, so without further ado, Susan Levin, thank you for being on the show again. Thank you, Eliza, for having me here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I really wanted to share some of the realizations I've been having. Uh, actually, just this year, Ben is 18. He was diagnosed uh, with autism when he was five. So we've had a lot of years Um living with autism and um, Ben has really, he's just a great spirit and he's a delight and is eager to grow and he's an author and um, is constantly working on himself. And he's just, he's just um, come so far um, from where he was just to kind of give a sense of where we're coming from. When Ben was diagnosed when he was five, he uh, we had no communication whatsoever. We had no eye contact. Um, ben would, I, I would hug Ben and he would go limp. Um, and, you know, and I, he was my first, so I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very overwhelming. And um, I mean, really, really terrible. Mm-hmm. I, I really blamed myself. Um, mm-hmm. I felt a lot of despondency and confusion and a lot of things that happen when your child is diagnosed with something, you know, that that you don't yourself understand. And um, so um, over the years, we worked a lot with various approaches, a lot of things, probably a lot of people listening have tried, you know, um, kind of uh, interactive stuff, behavioral stuff, biomedical stuff. We found the most effective um, to be sort of working organically with diet and supplementation and healing. Um, ben had been diagnosed also with an immune deficiency d- disorder. So we did a lot of work with that. And, um, and if, it was kind of like, if there was something out there, I would try it. <laughs> yeah. And cause I just really wanted Ben to have the fullest life that he could have with the most choices that he could have. Um, and, you know, so, Ben is 18. He's going to be a senior in in high school. Um, He's just a really special kid. And, um, you know, if you want to get to know Ben, you can listen to the the interview with Eliza, um, because I think Ben really, uh, um, you you get a really good sense of who Ben is, I think, from that that interview. But um, I wanted to share um, 
and I don't know how articulate I, I'm going to be because like I said, this has really been a series of awareness this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and but what I wanted to share is a sort of humbling awakening uh, about my son's autism um, that I had about six months ago that has become something that's really liberated me um, and made me feel a lot more comfortable in in my own skin. Um, And so that's why I wanted to share it. So I, when, like I said, when when Ben got his diagnosis, um, I became like, and this has been said a lot about many autism moms, like a private detective. Yeah. You go out and you research and you dig and you hunt and you try to find, you know, something that could help um, make the difference for your child. Um, and, you know, and, and that was great. I mean, I feel great that we did that. And, um, and, and, you know, again, like Ben has really uh, become someone who's very empowered to go after his dreams. And uh, he's a lovely person. I'm, I'm grateful we did the work we did. But there was something about my understanding and my perspective on Ben's autism that was very crippling, which was that I, I was taught um, and I read and I, you know, listened to a lot of people who talked about autism recovery. Mm-hmm. And I was really fierce on that bandwagon. And people would, you know, so I I became a nutrition consultant and I had, a, you know, I, I started um, a business and I gave a lot of talks and things and people followed me and I got a lot of feedback for many people, that was an offensive paradigm. Mm-hmm. And I really felt misunderstood. Um, I, I really felt that what I meant by autism recovery was to, to empower Ben as much as I could um, so that he could kind of go beyond his autism. And so I taught my child, Ben, this idea that autism was a really bad thing. Mm. And, and so, I mean, if you listen to Ben's interview, you'll hear that that caused him some complicated feelings and yeah. sense of identity. Um, and, uh, you know, and he, he talks about feeling less than yeah. um, as an autistic person. And so recovery meant, I don't have to be that anymore. Um, and, and I think I felt, I know I felt, yeah, um, we don't want you to be autistic. We want you to be normal in the sense that you'd have more options and you'd have a fuller life. And that was the framework in which we operated up until this year. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to go too deeply into Ben's psyche, if you want to hear from him, you can listen to the interview, but I will tell you that as a mother, this was extremely problematic um, because this working from within this framework, because it meant that whenever I saw something in Ben that was autistic, um, I, I felt uncomfortable. I felt fear. I felt that there, I felt um, I'm pretty good at not judging my kids. Um, 
but I felt judgment. Um, I judged and which I think was just rooted in the fear, you know, that if that was still there, that Ben was going to somehow not have the life that he could have. And, and it it kept us all kind of locked in this box of if he's recovered, he's okay. And if he's not, then he's screwed and I'm screwed because I'm his mom and I should have done differently and obviously better than I did. Despite the fact that, you know, you know, that, that, that he was doing great, but I would see any signs of autism and think, I got to work harder. I got to work harder. This isn't done yet. This isn't good enough. And Ben isn't good enough. Mm. And it's very, it's very uncomfortable for me to articulate this. Yeah. Um, But one of the things when I was uh, working earlier um, and working with other mothers of children who are autistic and, and I wrote a book about it called Unlocked. And the book, I think, is good, um, largely because as I worked with moms and as I wrote the book, I tried to be very honest about how difficult it was for me to accept um, my life. And, and that was a big part of my book was that I don't want this. I don't want my kid to be autistic. I don't want to have to work this hard. I don't want to do special diets. I don't want all of our money on treatments. Um, I don't want it. And there was like a, a, an enormous immaturity in me that I was ashamed of. But I talked about it because I thought maybe other moms might feel this way too, and it might help them. And when my book came out, a lot of the feedback I got from other mothers was, yeah, thank you, because you, you said out loud the things that I feel that I, I was way too scared to say you know, that because people would, would judge me. And so similarly now, so I'll tell you what happened. So like six months ago or so, six or eight months ago, um, my son, Ben had a conversation with someone very close to him who said, I don't believe in this idea that you subscribe to. Um, I think that autism is not what you think it is. I that autism is something that is part of who you are. And so you should stop trying to get rid of it. And that Ben really took that in. Um, And he came to me and said, we have to have a conversation. And we had a conversation and I took that in. And I decided that I would do what I've always tried to do with my children, which is respect that they know themselves better than anyone, including me. And that if this is what Ben believed, then, then I was going to decide that that was true. And can I, can I just, I'm, I'm, I'm um, almost, I'm just sort of speechless. I, you're, you're, you're being so honest and sharing so much of yourself. And I appreciate that very much. And I think our listeners were too. I do have to take a, we have to take a very short break. And I just think this is maybe a good moment to do so because you've just kind of given a lot of background about yourself um, and what you were going through. And then this moment that happened um, six, eight months ago. And so after our break, I'd love to just jump right back in and let you keep going in terms of um, you, you, what do you do? with that realization um, and feedback from, from your children and from your child. So um, Susan Levin, I want to thank you for the first half of a, a really um, interesting and impactful conversation about your experience as, as Ben's mom. Um, 
This is One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. We're going to be right back. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking you questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Disability is not inability. A person's ability may be different, but still an ability. No matter one's race or age, no matter one's physical or mental condition, we all have limitless possibilities. For more than 100 years, Easter Seals has helped the one in four people with disabilities in America live, work, learn, and play. I'm Angela Williams, CEO of Easter Seals. For more information, visit EasterSeals.com. And now, 1 in 54 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and this morning I'm speaking with Susan Levin. Um, Susan, you know, during the first half of, of our interview today, um, I've, I've been listening to you share um very honestly, and uh, and I'm sure with with probably some not 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 a little emotion, but pr- probably quite a bit, and and um, you know, but but definite honesty. Your experience as as a um, as a mom of of a child um, diagnosed on the autism spectrum at age five, who's now 18, so you've got 13 years um, of sort of that experience plus the additional five of when he was, you know, your little guy um, before the diagnosis. So uh, I'd like to just let you jump right back in, but I think, you know, it, you just hit a point where you you got to this, this moment um, earlier this year, or I guess maybe back in, in middle of 2020 um, also in, in uh, the, with the backdrop of a pandemic going on um, where it sounds like Ben kind of came to a came to a um, a realization of his own by way of a close uh, acquaintance, kind of giving him some some of their thoughts about autism, which then he shared with you. Um, and I'd love to hear sort of what happened next. What did you what did what did you decide to do with with that? Because it was a real challenge to the paradigm you'd been you'd been following and living with and and promoting for so long. Well, it was a relief. Um, because there was, there was something that felt dishonest about what I had been saying. And that's very uncomfortable for me to say. Um, but I was always trying to do right by my child. And I believe that every parent who really, you know, cares and loves their child um you know that's there's just no rule book and then you add autism and there's really no rule book and so i it was it was just an awakening that like oh um i can just say that ben's autistic and i can say that that's wonderful what ben said to me was well we, we had long conversations, as you can imagine, for both yeah. big talkers. Um, but 
you know, I said to him, how do you be grateful and feel good about being autistic um, or having a child who's autistic if your child is biting and hitting and acting out and unable to communicate and seems locked in their world? Um, what do you, how do you reconcile that with this idea that, oh, how great I'm autistic or let me embrace my autism. Mm -hmm. And he said, I think you work on yourself and parents need to do the work and, and try all the things like you and dad did. But at the end of the day, your child is your child and you don't have to pretend that this part of them is who they are. Um, and you keep working at it. And that really helped, you know, I mean, I guess selfishly, it was just an acknowledgement that the work I had done meant something to him. Obviously that felt good, but it was also a statement that, you know, Ben was kind of in reality also. He wasn't pretending that everything about autism is wonderful and unicorns and rainbows, but that it just needs to not be denied or, you know, condemned. Um, and, and even, you know, the idea of it being a disorder. And I, I said, what do you think about that? And he said, well, you know, I think it's both. I think there are aspects that are disorder and I think there are aspects that are identity and you can kind of work on the parts that are not healthy and, and just love and support and leverage. And he says, I think that, you know, my autism gave me my writing. And Ben is an 18 year old published author with, yeah you know, probably seven or eight more series that he's already mapped out. I mean, he's a real phenomenon. And, it, mm -hmm. you know, um, so I, I just feel like I can exhale, you know, mm -hmm. like if I see Ben, you know, like struggling with something and I know it has to do with the kind of brain he has or, you know, um, whatever, I don't have to feel this clenched feeling anymore. It's just like, oh, that's Ben. And, you know, Ben is working on his stuff. I'm working on my stuff. Everyone in the universe is working on their stuff. And part of that is, you know, stuff that happens to go along with being autistic and like, like, okay. And I do think it's a different world. I mean, when I started doing the work with Ben, you know, 13 years ago, we were living in a different world. There were not quote unquote conversations about identity the way there are now, except for people who had those marginal identities, mm -hmm. you know? So um, it's, it's somewhat safer, I think, to embrace um, neurodivergent identities and things like that, um, because the world in some places, in some communities is more uh, compassionate and tolerant and decent. But um, so I think that's also a little easier for me because I know that Ben as an autistic person is walking into a world that will probably be more welcoming. There are communities and people and, you know, like even this radio show or, you know, like we're acknowledging, yeah, like it's autism is this amazing, amazing, uh, complex gift. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just feel like there's a, a level of harmony for me personally within myself that is completely night and day. And I think for Ben also. And um, so I just, at this point, I just feel really grateful. And also it means that I'm open to having get 
additional support, you know, which I was like, oh no, we're, you know, we're saying he's not autistic anymore. So, you know, like there are things, supports that, you know, he needs um, as a result of his autism. And, and so that it just, and also he's embracing friendships with people who are autistic. And I think that's awesome. Um, you know, whereas I think before I would have been threatened by that being totally honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just grateful that I have shifted my perspective while he's still home with us and I can experience this with him. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that I, I don't feel stuck. Um, we're all dynamic beings, you know, learning about how to be with each other. Um, and I, and I don't, I don't claim to know what's right for anybody else, honestly. I mean, there's someone out there who feels differently and that's fine. You know, I just feel for myself personally um, that I'm able to love then differently and better um, because a lot of my own fear, I, I just surrendered it. So yeah, that's kind of where we are. Wow. Um, I, I, I don't have, I, I wouldn't even say that I have follow-up questions. Um, I, I want to thank you for sharing your perspective um, in such a, in such a relatable and uh, you know, direct way. I think a lot of our listeners are parents of, you know, either raising young children or adult children or young adult children um, on the spectrum. I think we have some listeners who are um, uh, on the autism spectrum themselves, certainly providers. I think your perspective is one that, you know, is important to, to highlight along with, um, you know, everyone in, in the autism community, which I've really started to, to define in my own mind as, as just the community, because, um, you know, at this point, everybody really, whether they know it or not, is, is knows somebody with autism or has touched the lives of somebody with autism or knows a family member who's um, loving somebody with autism. You talked about, you talked about fear in a way that that is, I think, relatable to probably anybody who is a, a parent or a guardian or is in that kind of role with a child, whether they're str struggling with um, any sort of challenges or not, um, you know, neurotypical, not neurotypical, whatever, you know, whoever it is. And, and I say that because I think being a parent makes you vulnerable from day one, maybe even before um, you're suddenly feeling for yourself and for that child. Um, and so, so what you shed light on for me anyway, today was, was definitely something that I think is important for, for many of us to realize probably more often than we allow ourselves, which is when we experience fear, everybody does something different. Um, some people fight it. Some people uh, run towards it. Some people run away. Some people get into action mode and have to, you know, be very busy and sort of problem solve, like you said, become that private detective. Um, and I think there's, there's also a lot of nuance in what you said there, which is the private part of being a private detective. Um, I think there's a sense for a lot of families and parents that you're doing it alone. So, so I would like to, again, thank you for sharing this because hopefully what you've shared with our listeners is that anybody who might be relating to what you say, said today, um, that they're not alone. Um, and that there are people who are experiencing very similar feelings um, and experiences. And, and I am always in favor of um, kindness and goodness and, and whether the path there is rocky or smooth, it's really the outcome. So the fact that you feel that you can, 
you know, love your son in the best way that you feel you can. Um, and you have this opportunity to do so. And he's experiencing things in a way that's maybe um, more positive or, or just, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, beneficial or I don't know what the right word is, but that he's, he's liking his life and he's, he's having good experiences. That's a great outcome. So Susan Levin, thank you again for being on the show. You said the name of the book you wrote. I don't know when you wrote it, but it was, it's called Unlocked. Oh yeah. It's Unlocked. It's by Skyhorse Press. Uh, okay. So if anybody listening is interested in, in uh, reading more about Susan's experience, you can certainly go check out Unlocked. And again, Susan Levin, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing um, what you shared today. It was really impactful for me. Appreciate it. It sounds great to be here. All right. This is One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 